0: Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 79, released on July 27th, 2011. I'm Steve Yunus, and joining me is my co-host, Scotty V. Hi, Scotty.
1: Hello, Steve, and hello, everyone. Thanks for listening.
0: What's new in the world of Scotty V? Well,
1: not too much going on. I just got back from rehearsal, so uh, we got a show this week, this weekend. It's uh, some kind of a college graduation so we're going to be uh singing and playing
0: and having a good time cool so your voice is okay to to record
1: (laughs) absolutely it's it's helpful to keep me nice and open and stretched out and and it it keeps everything going so it's very
0: good so you're the lead singer of the band i am indeed Mm, we also have
1: a female singer so she sings not quite half uh because she's newer and we're kind of getting her acclimated but uh yeah
0: well in uh one of these days instead of a Superman song on Radio K A L we'll have to get a Scotty V song.
1: <laughs> well, we're a cover band, so uh take well, your maybe, pick, I guess. maybe
0: yeah, we'll pick a song, we'll pick a Superman song and we'll get you to do it. There you go. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, well let's get into our discussion topics. Uh off the top, there's uh been a lot of movie news um and comic book news this past uh, month, uh, especially coming out of Comic Con. ...in San Diego, the uh, the biggest comic convention in the world, I guess, uh, is in San Diego in July... ...and uh, it's just concluded as we're recording this uh, podcast... Um, ...and uh, Henry Cavill was on hand um, to uh, promote his movie Immortals... ...and one of the questions he was asked uh, was in regards to the news... ...that uh, Superman, Man of Steel movie will be pushed back to June 14th, 2013 instead of the December 12th um, release date that we'd uh, previously uh, been told uh, the movie would be released on. Um, But now we have it locked in at June 14th, 2013. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Ooh, hiss. (laughs) Hiss. I mean, it's another Uh, six months, but... You you know, um, more time is probably a good thing either way. You know, uh, more months to prepare instead of trying to rush things in. I was actually kind of surprised when they first announced that they were looking at december of 2012 i thought that that was awful quick and uh you know seeing what's been going on and and uh it doesn't seem like a lot of filming has occurred or anything is really you know going on yet and things are moving in pretty slow motion there's no suit ideas it doesn't even seem like the cast is complete so uh, i think it's more realistic to think about june 14th of 2013 than it is to think about december of 2012
0: yeah i um on on two, two uh, topics that come out of that date pushback is the fact that it will be Superman's 75th anniversary in June of 2013, so that's an interesting one. It seems to coincide nicely with a pretty big anniversary for the Man of Steel. And the other one is that I thought um, that with the legal issues going on over the copyright to Superman, which is one of your favorite topics recently, is the fact that um, I thought they had to get a film out by the end of 2012 uh, or else I'd lose the rights. So, interesting to see whether or not that's true or what's happened there.
1: Well, I think um, you know, and again I'm not an expert on this legal thing, I think they just need to get one in the can by the end of 2012 uh, made by 2012 that kind of thing. Okay, so I so. think if if they have a certain percentage of the film complete, it's considered a completed film by the end of that date is what I is what I think I have been told and I think I have heard. Yeah. So, you know, you notice sometimes if you watch a movie at the end of the credits, uh let's say you're watching a movie in summer of 2009, you'll see at the end 2008 is the actual copyright production yeah. date and that's because uh, uh most of the principal filming and that kind of thing was done in that previous year, even though it was released later. And some movies have been done for two or three years before they're finally released or see the light of day. So uh, I think as long as they finish most of the principal photography by that time, I believe they're under the wire and under the gun there and they're okay.
0: Yeah, I imagine, like I said, principal photography and production would finish – in 2012, and there'd probably be a lot of uh, post-production taking place uh, in the uh, first six months of 2013. I imagine there's quite a bit of editing and, you know, special effects that need to be finished up uh, after the principal photography has has been completed.
1: I would assume so. Now I know people are concerned about why, and and people are mentioning that they're worried about the Hobbit release. Uh, I don't know that they're worried about it, but I know that it's the same company, so yeah. there's probably a, a good chance that they don't want to compete with themselves. Yeah, uh, for viewers. So why would they? Why would they try and have a release in mid-December for two giant movies uh, when they know that they have spaces elsewhere and nothing else is slated to release on June 14th of 2013? So uh, it's probably a much better date for the studio itself anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, you probably get more crowds coming out to a summer movie rather than a winter movie. So uh, we'll see how that pans out. But Man of Steel is uh, set down for June 14th, 2013. And As I mentioned, uh, Henry Cavill was at Comic-Con promoting his film Immortals and um, obviously got uh, asked a few questions about Superman uh, while he was there promoting Immortals. But, uh, you know, the odd question would pop up, uh, being such a big film that it is uh, in, in regards to Superman, so um, we've posted quite a few video interviews on the red carpet and during the actual panel for Immortals that uh, Henry Cavill participated in, and uh, he came. He said in the Immortals panel that he's read the script for Man of Steel and he's, he thinks it's excellent, he thinks it's great, he thinks it's fantastic, so uh, that's uh, reassuring.
1: I am uh very happy to hear him say that. Uh I don't I mean he hasn't starred in a lot of films, but to hear him say it's one of the best scripts he's ever read, that kind of thing yeah. always sounds good. Uh there is concern um about the rewrites which we're going to get to later. If the script is so good, you know, what what exactly do we think even needs to be rewritten? But the other thing about Henry Cavill and I don't know that I if I've mentioned this before or not, but he just seems like uh, just a great cool kind of cat that that is in the right place at the right time and for me looking at him seeing him hearing him speak he just seems perfect he seems um you know right down the middle for the role i mean exactly what you'd be looking for a guy who's excited about it he's stoked about the script you know he's he's honored to be playing such an iconic character you know he's not he doesn't seem like one of these guys who's like ah well you know it's a role and uh you know whatever but talking about loving loving these characters and knowing about them and, and being in this legendary thing and and he seems very happy about it and, and very interested in, in it coming together and, and you know, he even said that he saw the suit and it was fantastic, something along those lines as well. Mm. So uh, I think that's pretty exciting, and I think we got a we we got a guy that we can look forward to as the Man of Steel.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Henry Cavill is winning me over more and more every time I see him interviewed and I see him, in, you know, in videos uh, discussing the movie. He, uh, you know, he's read a lot of comic books. He's said that he's, you know, got a, he's grabbed everything he can get his hands on and, and had a re- read of it. You know, from All Star Superman to uh, all the different types of comic books, uh, even the new Krypton saga in the comic books of late, uh, he's read all those comics and uh, trying to get as much information as he can on Superman. And he's like he said, he's honoured to play the part, and he just seems to have that charisma and charm that um, that you know you really want from an actor to who's going to portray this character. And uh, I'm really excited to see uh, him in the role, and um, I'm happy to see that he's excited about being in this movie and um you know he's confirmed the fact that russell crowe was in the film and um it was a little story there about the fact that when he was uh or oh, about 11 years ago now um russell crowe was uh, i think at his school or, or somewhere they you know some kind of a um an acting class and um and henry cavill went up to him and and uh russell crowe sent him uh a, a pack of some kind with uh you know with with a little note uh directly to him and um and it seems kind of like uh, karma, you know, like everything's coming back full circle for him, and then it's now it's real neat. It work. also
1: makes me think, you know, phone throwing incidents aside, <laughs> that maybe Russell Crowe is kind of a nice guy. I mean, I I liked hearing that. It sounded sounded like something really, you know, as an actor myself, things haven't really gotten off the ground for me, but uh, you know, to have something like that occur and, and to have a guy who is an actor and 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 that you maybe look up to a little bit like that and and to have him kind of respond to you in a way you didn't expect and give you something you didn't ask for and send you this package in the mail and uh you know must be really cool and and it seems like uh something russell crowe didn't have to do and Mm. something he kind of went out of his way to 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 let this guy know that uh, you got to push forward with things that sometimes maybe other people don't think are the greatest ideas in the world to become an actor, you know, as your career. But, uh, you know, Russell was kind of letting him know that sometimes you got to go with it, and I I thought that was a cool story.
0: Yeah, and uh, to hear the comments from uh, director Tarsem Singh, who is uh, the director of Immortals and the creator and writer and everything like that, to say that he built, immortals around Henry Cavill uh he you know Cavill was his choice and he didn't want anybody else and he said to all the the producers and that no this is the guy and and the movie changed around Henry Cavill because he was so uh, enamored with how great an actor he was and how versatile he was uh, in in playing the role that he's playing in this new movie uh, in any capacity that uh, Sing threw at him. So um, it's uh, it's great to hear that he's not only has the charisma and the charm, but he also has the acting chops to pull this off.
1: It really is, and I'm not familiar with this particular director, but I have seen previews for the film Uh, immortals and it looks like it could be really cool and and obviously to hear a director that he's been working with kind of praise him like that and kind of say that the movie is his and the movie was made around him just really uh imbues a person with confidence and knowing that the next big project he's going to be involved in is going to be our man of steel is is just good to hear Mm. knowing that you know superman is going to be in 80% 80% of the scenes is going to be that, it's going to need to carry that movie. So, if yeah. you have a guy where scripts have changed, you know, filming schedules have changed, things have changed because you want to have Cabell more and more and you want to make more of the movie Cavill and you want to have him as much as you can, I, I think that's great. I yeah. mean, that's just wonderful to hear people talking about. I've heard comments about we don't really know about his acting, you know, and I've said it myself. He hasn't been in a whole lot, he's not a superstar as of yet. Um, but sounding like he certainly has the ability to become one based on comments from a director like this.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, Cavill's led on that uh, we are going to see some filming starting uh, in the next month, um, end of July, early August, September. Um, the sets are being built and constructed in Plano, Illinois, and around the Chicago area. And uh, we've had photos from uh, Plano of you know set constructions um and they're progressing along nicely um i believe that uh there is a seven up uh service station petrol station uh, now built and there's an ihop sign headed down there for <laughs> another sequence and uh, a lot of uh product placement but you know if it's going to look like a realistic town then there's got to, obviously got to be these types of recognizable stores around the place
1: well, sure. I mean, people sometimes make mention of product placement or that kind of thing being out of place or something they don't want to see. And I've kind of always looked at that a little confused myself, because if if you want a movie to feel real and you want a movie to feel like it's set in your world, um, you shouldn't expect your characters to be drinking soda pop. You know, they're probably <laughs> going to be drinking a can of Pepsi or, or Coke, um, because that only makes sense. That's what that's the world that we're in now. When you when you bring in these crazy products and you start introducing, you know, uh, a big belly burger, which could be a burger place in a city, but if it's supposed to be a a big franchise or something like that, IHOP makes sense rather than Bob's Pancakes or hmm. something along those lines. Because these are the kinds of places that we see. So if somebody runs into a Denny's to grab a a, a piece of cake or something. In a movie, for me, it makes it seem more authentic and, and more real because I know that those places are around and I know that I could see them in any town that I might go to. And so it feels more. And I think it flows really well. I don't, you know, if they do it right, obviously, if they do a commercial in the middle of the uh, of a TV show or a movie um where they're going hey look at this which i've heard they've been doing on some soap operas lately. <laughs>
0: they do it in um, Smallville
1: a lot. Well yeah they do but <laughs> you know in Smallville a lot of times i didn't have a problem when they would do something like Chloe's laptop they would you would see the apple on the yeah. back of the No but that's that's happened you know, in a lot of movies
0: but uh, yeah. like when when Chloe would say oh let's go into my Yaris you know instead right. of saying let's go to my car which normal people would say, exactly. Uh, then that becomes product placement. Or you've got a particular stride gum as the kryptonite gum or whatever, you know, that they've done in Smallville. You can see that as a product placement. But, I mean, Superman the movie, we had the Coca-Cola sign in Superman 2 that, uh, you know, they got thrown into in the big fight with the Kryptonian villains. Marlboro um, yeah, truck. Yeah, exactly. And we had uh, the Cheerios on the on the breakfast table in, in Smallville when, uh, you know, Clark's waiting out on the horizon um so you know it's not like it's something new it happens in old movies and um you know it's uh, going to happen in man of steel
1: right and it makes sense to me and i have no problem with it yeah. and it's a way to help pay for you know get, get a bigger budget i guess in, in some of these instances so yeah. uh it's all good and it's all
0: positive exactly now the other casting news uh that we had this month um since our last podcast was the fact that harry Len- lennox has been cast as a general uh by the name of general swanwick uh for man of steel and um just goes to show that this movie do- definitely has a pretty weighty um uh, reference to military and you know um military personnel for the script
1: it does and it's another um pretty um, uh, he's not a s- superstar again but he's recognizable f- recognizable actor who is known for uh being good and being um uh confident in whatever role he takes on and uh believable. And I also like the name uh having Swan in there. That's kinda yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. Now this is the second general that we've had um mentioned for the film, other than obviously Zod, who, you know, is we don't know if he's a general Zod, Zod or whatever. But um we know that uh who was the other actor that was cast from um SVU, um, Law and Order SVU. What's uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the name's escaping me at the moment. I'll look it up. I'll find it in a second. But uh, yeah, that's another general that's uh, in the movie. And, um, you know. Like
1: Casey Jones in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie way back in the uh, 80s, I guess, late 80s. Uh, uh, Hockey (laughs) mask wearing, uh, stick carrying uh, Avenger for justice.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Well, the other one was Chris Malone, Christopher Maloney. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, he's uh, been confirmed as another general, another military role for the film. So I'm getting the feeling that we're going to get, you know, maybe the military versus Superman. Maybe he's not trusted. Maybe you know the the government's looking at this guy who's all powerful and living within the borders of the US, but uh, not necessarily. Um, someone that they can control and maybe that's a a facet that they'll be looking at i don't know it's just guesswork here
1: and if it is i again i think if we're talking about real world and we're talking about what might happen there would probably be some safeguards put in place there would be some strategies and plans put into place and there would be military presence and ideas that you know maybe we've got to protect ourselves against someone like this mm. uh, and and you know the superman that we know would never be it would never be an issue but also on the other side of that if it was an issue our military probably wouldn't be able to do anything about it anyway but mm. they would try and put some kind of plans into place in order to protect themselves in some way or another
0: yeah so and that's... hopefully
1: they don't go too out of the ballpark with with really you know, uh, conspiracy theory, um, military guys who are wide eyed and, and sweating and nervous and, and really, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I've seen that in a lot of movies where they take the government to, to a whole nother level where they're like, just really over the top guys. And, and, you know, but, but in a, in a way where it makes sense and where I could understand the military kind of being put into effect just in case. Um, I could see that certainly happening in, in today's real world. And I also wanted to mention that uh, if we didn't already have enough mystery surrounding Chris Maloney and the fact that he's a general but he can't say any more than that or, or he'll be killed or whatever, uh, I think it's neat that Harry Harry Lennox has been cast and we know his general's name or at least what they're telling us his name is. And Maloney, we still don't know. So that that lends further credence to the idea that – uh Chris Maloney has been cast as an important general a name that we will recognize a character that we will know and something that we'll be excited by.
0: Yeah. Yeah, or he just doesn't have a name and he's just a general and <laughs> you know. Well, uh, yeah,
1: but being that it's Chris Maloney and and uh being that it's uh it seems like a kind of a, an important role. I don't really think it's just going to be nameless Anybody. general.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Now you mentioned earlier about the rewrites uh, that uh, there's been some rumours about the fact that because that uh, Goya is now involved with writing the new script for Godzilla, a new Godzilla film, that... There's uh, a
1: project we should all sink your
0: <laughs> teeth into. That, uh, you know, that there's somebody need, somebody else needs to come on board to, to rewrite the script and, and people are saying, well, what's, you know, it, are there problems with the third act and all these rumours in regards to the script having problems. But really, any film throughout its production process needs a rewrite guy there because certain things don't work on on screen that that ne- might necessarily work on paper so they need to you know rewrite lines and just kind of you know rejig things and it happens all the time in films um Immortals the upcoming Henry Cavill film had numerous rewrites where i mean Henry Cavill's character was changed from being the king's son to being uh just an average joe just uh you know just nobody just a guy in the street and um and a peasant. So, uh, you know, it's interesting that people just suddenly jump on board and say, oh, there's something wrong with the script because, you know, a rewrite guy is needed.
1: I was going to say that uh, when we got to it, as we are now, and I'm glad you, you said it first, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's just people's normal reaction, especially with at about the same time the movie is announced as being pushed back another six months, and and people... Tend to expect the worst, I think, in a lot of cases, especially with comic book movies where we already know things are going to be changed. We already know characters aren't going to necessarily be exactly as we want them or as we like them or as we know them. So when you see a delay and when you see a guy brought in for rewrites – Sometimes you immediately go to, "Uh uh-oh, there's a problem, there's something wrong, it doesn't make sense, they don't know if they're going to get the movie out, they moved it out six months, maybe it's never going to come, it will be moved out to 2014, what's going to happen, they're going to bring in more writers, you know, calm down, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, as Steve says, there's rewrites for everything, and you know, when they changed that whole movie with Henry Cavill, because the director was so enamored with him, uh, if they didn't have their original screenwriters and scriptwriters, they would have needed other people to rewrite. Now, as far as I know, they may have used the same people who wrote the original script, but if Goyer has got other stuff to do and his job was done, it's basically a story based on a script that he wrote, and now whatever other scenes get added, if they come up with something on the fly that they think would be cool, they need a writer to be there. So Kurt Johnson is going to be there in order to make these things come to fruition or change things that, as you say don't work as well as they sounded on paper
0: exactly yeah and i mean or or not it's a lot
1: worse but i mean it happened in
0: superman returns uh they you know in the middle of shooting the film they decided to do that sequence at the you know with the gatling gun on top of the on top of the bank and the shooting in the eye and all that kind of stuff that was added later on that was added during the process of filming the movie so um you know they had the same guys on board writing the script. They still had Dan Harris and Mike Doherty there to, you know, to add that in. But, you know, these things happen. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that's needed and and always happens in, in pretty much every movie.
1: Yeah, it's a normal happenstance and you could be worried. Uh, I mean, I'm still a little concerned about what we're going to see, uh, just as any time I would be for any movie that was announced that I'm really excited about. Yeah. But, you know, most likely and just like with any other movie, it's just, to have there because there are going to be things that need to be written as they go
0: exactly all right well is there any, anything else with the movies that you wanted to touch on
1: i uh, don't think so
0: okay well let's move into our comics discussion and as i said with the san diego comic con there was lots of uh, information coming out especially in regards to the relaunch of the dc comics universe um you know there's been a lot of You know, if there's a lot of consternation about the Superman movie, there's a a lot of grinding and gnashing of teeth in regards to the relaunch of the DC comic books, uh, especially in regards to Superman, because of the fact that he seems to be getting the biggest reboot of all. And um, you know, a lot of the info that came out of Comic Con helped a lot of people, gave a lot of information, and and, uh, settled some nerves. But uh, there were still protesters there who thought that you know they were going to boycott this whole. Relaunch of the DC Comics. And, um, you know, out of everything that we've seen in the last month since recording our last podcast, has your opinion changed or have your uh, attitude changed towards the relaunch?
1: Well, what I don't like to hear is a creator or an editor or somebody saying straight out, if you don't like it, quit comics for a while. I mean, for me, your job is to excite people, is to 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 interest people in what you're doing to convince people to read the comics not not to come straight out and say we don't need you. I mean, uh, look buddy, if you don't like what we're doing then screw off. I mean, that's it's <laughs> big essentially that's what he's saying and I don't really like to hear that and again no one's going to listen to me. No one's going to go back and, and say, oh, you know what? We should really uh, go to our PR people and, and we should really have a meeting about how we should talk to fans. But, <laughs> I mean, a guy asks a question and, and says, you know, what what do you say to people who are really concerned and are really worried that you're changing their hero and, and other heroes and you're changing the whole universe and books that are coming out now in July aren't even going to matter in September? You know, what 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 is your answer to that? And the answer is – we don't care what you think or go read something else or don't read our books then. I mean, I guess at some point you do get to uh, a position where you say, you know, I mean, I can only apologize so much. I can only explain so much. I can only beg you to read so many times, but I don't know that that's the answer (laughs) I would have given if I was in that position. Yeah. But as far as the reboot, I mean, I think, uh, I, I, I think it sounds really interesting. I like a lot of what I'm hearing about, and 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 you know, I I, I wanted to hear, you know, your take on his response, but you know,
0: yeah, well, I mean, Grant Morrison isn't uh, the best person to use as your PR guy. He's uh, he's put a lot of noses out of joint over over you know over his time as a comic book writer. Is you know blamed writer uh, readers for not being uh, smart enough to understand his stuff in the past <laughs> and. Um, yeah, I you know I wouldn't take too much read too much into Grant Morrison's reaction there. He's probably just a bit frustrated and a bit put out by the fact that there are so many people who um seem to be um you know slashing his ideas even before they've read them. So um, I can understand his reaction there, but I don't necessarily condone that, and I don't think a lot of the people at DC Comics would be um, shaking his hand after that one. I think a lot of <laughs> them would be saying, "What do you do? You can't say that, yeah, you know, you okay. know what, uh, you know, stand down." But um, you know, I think a lot of the other guys have, have, um, you know, that while well, they put that PR spin and that whole, you know. Uh, company line, you know, that they they seem to be trained so well to do. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of the information that did come out has uh, has me excited. I'm looking forward to the relaunch. I think it's a great idea for new people. And I keep hearing people saying, oh, look, I want to get back into the comics, but I don't know where to start. And this seems like a great point to jump on. And um, I just find it a little confusing when they keep saying, oh, things like the death of Superman will still be, you know, in continuity, well, how does that work? Um, why not just say, wipe the cl- slate clean and start from scratch? You know, why try to include stuff that's come before when it doesn't really fit in with what you're trying to do? Because if Superman's only been around for five years in the Superman title, then, and he's only still pretty brand new, then how can all of that stuff have happened? Because, you know, he and Lois were in a relationship at that point in time, but at Super- in Superman as it's starting in number 1 in September, she's in a relationship with somebody else and is and not in a relationship with Clark and has never been in a relationship with Clark. So, you know, don't say stuff like Death of Superman still fits in somehow because it doesn't.
1: Right, right. Oh, I think what they're trying to do, and, and they did this the last time... Uh, that they were relaunching yeah. after Infinite Crisis. And, and they said the same thing. Uh, some things uh, are still relevant and some things aren't. You'll just have to read to find out. <laughs> and this is kind of obviously as vague an answer as you can give. And now they're saying an even more straightforward answer of, yes, the death of Superman um, still matters and is, it, it is still a story that that happened. Well, I guess you could take that to mean – Yeah, in 1993 or whatever, uh, Superman was killed. So yeah, that's a story that happened, Um, (laughs) which it did. And and you could give the same answer that that they're giving when they say, of course, the comics you're reading now aren't irrelevant. Of course, the books you're reading now aren't irrelevant. I mean, in one way, it's no different than if you read a Stephen King book in 1984. And now in 2011, they're going to make a movie based on that 1984 book. It doesn't necessarily mean that the fact that you read the book in 1984 makes it worthless now because there's going to be a movie that changes a couple of things. I yeah. mean the book is still the book and the story is still the story and you know you like what you like. I mean I love the original The Day the Earth Stood Still. I think it's a fantastic mm, science classic. fiction movie and the new Day the Earth Stood Still I do not like as much but no. new people might like it just fine. Sure. So again you you have you have multifacets of people who are watching. You have many different audience members. You have young people. You have old people. You have people who like one thing and people who like another. So, I mean, I think – and I've heard people say, well, it looks like for the next few years or so, I'm just going to be going back and reading my Silver Age books or, or whatever. And kind of what morrison's is saying, I guess, in, in, is we'll go ahead and do that. I mean if that's what makes you happy. You know, those books are great. There are stories from every era that are fantastic, fantastic artwork that you can read if that makes you comfortable. And if that's where your zone is, where you feel most happy, then do that. I mean, we don't want to have you doing something that's going to make you miserable. But, you know, I think the most prudent course of action is to wait and see exactly to give it give it a shot and i hear people saying well look you know it's not a fan's job to just buy everything that comes out just because it has an s on it no it's not but if if you if you want to see the character continue and if you have any interest in how he might be changed for the better or for the worse, the only way you can figure that out is by looking at it yourself and reading it yourself yeah, and, and if you're going to be completely closed-minded and say you're just boycotting uh, DC Comics, I think you may be spiting yourself because you might miss out on something great. I mean maybe – who knows? Maybe this new Superman armor suit, whatever – is going to be fantastic. Maybe maybe comics is going to go into a new revolution and we're going to see a renaissance and beautiful things are going to come out of it. And Hundreds of millions of people are going to be buying digital comics and we're going to see more superhero movies and more cartoons and more comic books and ten Superman titles because there's demand for them. Who knows? I mean, it could be the most positive thing ever or it could be something that goes back to status quo in a year. But who knows without without being in it and without finding out for yourself and without reading it. For me, I think, you know, it is what it is. It's going to happen whether I love it or whether I don't love it. And I like some of the things that I'm hearing, and like you, I think it's a little odd for them to say stories we read 10 years ago still matter, 20 years ago still matter, are still not matter but are still somehow relevant to the current story when in fact they can't be because none of the things that happened then are are in continuity right now. That's but it, yeah. I still look forward to a lot of the things that I'm hoping to read I wanna see how it all starts. I wanna see how he meets Lois. I wanna see him try to win her over. Yeah. You know, I wanna see these things, but I also I also I also have some trepidation just like anyone of course. else. But I I think it could be, like I said, the greatest thing ever. And if it is finally dc found a way to do it i think for years and years they've been trying to push away from the seagulls they've been you know they've tried different attempts they've tried different things and nothing has stuck with audiences because we're very staunch in our belief that he should have the briefs on and he should have the set uniform and he should be in exact way and and people get very upset and bent out of shape when things are going to change a little bit and it's understandable because change is comfortable but the only way we're going to maybe see if Superman can can maybe regain some of the popularity that he had years and years ago and he has not had for 20 or 25 years, maybe this is what it's gonna, what's going to do it. And wouldn't that be great if our hero finally got back to a position where I hear lots and lots of fans say he deserves to be the top of the list, the number one guy, the one everybody wants to emulate. And it's been a long time since he has been. So I think if anything, this is a chance – to maybe see some of that resurgence of popularity for Superman, and I hope it works.
0: Yeah, That's me. yeah. Well, I think uh, people get too caught up in continuity and you know trying to fit in. Just because Superman, the death of Superman, was such a big story of its time, and is the biggest selling comic book of you know of all time. It doesn't mean that it has to exist in the continuity that they're going with. You know, just like, uh, you know, Superman Red, Superman Blue was a pretty popular story back in the Silver Age. It doesn't mean that we have to try to fit that in with current comic books. You know, these stories happen and they mean something and, and they're relevant for people, but they don't have to be in continuity. Uh, just because, you know, we've got 75 plus years of Superman coming up uh, as of 2013 doesn't mean that everything that happened in those 75 years has to be in current continuity. Their past stories, you know, they were great and you can still go back and read them. If you, and if you haven't read them, then read them for the first time because Superman comics... Of any era, are good storytelling, and you know you can enjoy them for what they are. But they're going in with a new continuity. As of September, you'll be able to read a different line of Superman books with a new story. And let's leave that as a clean slate and move forward from there. And if you don't like it or you don't want to come on board, that's your. That's up to you. That's fine. That's you know that's purely your decision. But if you want to have an opinion on it, then you have to have. A, you know an in, informed opinion, and that means you have to actually read them to be able to form an opinion on something because if you 're just going to look at the comic book covers and the artwork and the comments that have been made and try to judge them on that then you 're actually doing yourself and everybody else a disservice by trying to comment on them because it 's not an informed opinion you have to read the comics to to you know form an opinion on them, and um you know I think a lot of people are prejudging them without. Uh, any knowledge of exactly what's going to be happening So let's wait and see And uh, you and I will be reading them And, and uh, we'll give an opinion on, on them Once uh, we do read them And I'm looking forward to them Yeah, I have, I have concerns I'm, I'm a bit uh, worried about certain things I don't like certain things But, um, you know, I'm going to give it a chance
1: well, that's the thing, and the comics have changed over the years. If you try and fit – if you if you even make the absurd attempt to try and fit everything you've read into current continuity at any given time, you're going to have a real hard time because it's like a puzzle that came from a different box to the puzzle that you're trying to put together. It, it, you know, The Silver Age is the Silver Age. Some things that maybe came about in different ages still fit, but a lot of things don't. I mean there was a time when the Kents were named Ebon – and and you know both died there was a time when Clark went to an orphanage the minute he was found and the Kents never really even had a, a point in his life at all and then there were times when Jonathan was dead there were times when Martha was dead there were times when they were both alive all the way into his but and I'm that's probably what I'm most disappointed about that the Kents are going to be out of the story but again I think that that that, you know, as as much as people want to disagree, and I've maybe beaten this drum to its death knell, um, I think that that has something to do with trying to move away from what the Seagulls think is their vision. So if two years from now they come to a point where they cannot come to an agreement, then they can just kind of stop talking about the Kents, because they've already been dead for two years by that time, and he can just say, well, my parents, or you know, when they were there, it was great, but he doesn't have to mention the Kents. The Kent Farm no longer has to be a part of the so you know, and maybe not, and but if they, and then if they do find some sort of an agreement, then it won't matter, and everything will be fine
0: but. well i don't even think the Kents were part of Action Comics number one, or the comic books that are in um you know in the the discussions about the copyright um i don 't think the Kents were mentioned initially whatsoever, so um it'll be i don't you know i don't know if that's that's the case. I think the fact that the Kents are dead in this new continuity is because they want to try to make Superman be more alone and, you know, want him to be a bit more outcast and a bit more alienated. I think that's the ta- the, the tack they're taking with this. I don't think it has the Kent part of it has anything to do with the, the legal issues. But by the same token, people are getting upset about Lois Lane and Clark Kent no longer being married. And, you know, really, that's only been a part of continuity for a small percentage of the 75 or 70 plus years of Superman storytelling. Um, you know, they were married in, in, you know, in, um, the one version of one earth, um, in the multiverse, you know, back, uh, so many years ago, but in, in proper continuity, the marriage has only been in existence since the mid nineties when the Lois and Clark story, uh, a TV show took place and they married them at the same time in both the comics and the TV show. So, um, you know, that's only been in existence for a short time, you know, 10, 20 years, um, so I wouldn't be worried, you know, that they're not going to get together. This is, like you said, how is he going to woo her? How is he going to win her over? Um, how is that relationship going to uh, formulate? Is it going to formulate? It's an interesting part of it. And, um, you know, it's just another facet of the story of, of Superman's uh, origin. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see just how they uh, they work that in. now. One of the things that we were both concerned about was, and had been discussing quite a lot, was about the the costume, and whether or not it was armor. And you know, I was of the opinion that it wasn't, but they've come out and said that yes, it is part of uh, his costume. Will be made out of some Kryptonian type of armor, or it's a, in reference to the style of armor that they use on Krypton, um, because Superman is not as powerful as, you know, what we've come to know him as, and he actually needs it.
1: Well that was that was news to me uh when we when when you posted that yesterday. The first thing I had heard was yes it was armor. And and I was kind of positing that to the theory that um if if the if the uh invincibility aura doesn't exist then if he's thrown into a fire, if he jumps into a volcano, if he has a building fall on top of him, if you're wearing the clothes that you're wearing, and I'm wearing the clothes that I'm wearing, and that happens to us, even if we're invincible. Our clothes are going to come out torn, yeah. and we're going to be in a situation that could be, you know, compromising and and embarrassing, and not um, want of a hero that that always wants to be a positive symbol and 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 look his best. You know, not talking about fashion or whatever, but just the idea that it's more functional and it makes more sense that if you're going to be, I mean, firefighters wear. Uh, uh, armor because they're not invincible but also because if they wore jeans and a t-shirt they'd come out half naked you know (laughs) just you know if so i thought that the armor made sense in that sense and also if it's a tribute to something that he likes even if he shouldn't you you know people have been saying if he grew up with the kents he he shouldn't have this huge connection to krypton if he's only finding out about krypton now which is another thing that came out of comic-con he's he knows he's from another planet but not yet does he know that he's from this place called krypton and he doesn't know Jorel and he doesn't know lara and he's going to find that out as we go on so he probably shouldn't be all that connected to that kryptonian heritage but if he sees a picture if when he does find out about krypton if he likes the style of what it was and if he if he likes that regality or that look it also makes sense that he might use something that honors his planetary heritage even if he feels more connected to a human family there's not, i don't think there's anything wrong with no. that and then when you posted uh the other piece of information that he does in fact need the armor because he's not as powerful as we we know him That I can see being a little disconcerting to fans, although there has been a complaint for years and years that Superman is too powerful and nothing can bother him and and why would I want to read it? Because I know he's always going to be fine and there's no danger. And and it does take a little bit of drama out of a book if you definitely know the character can't be hurt or killed or broken or anything like that. Uh, But to make it so that he needs armor – really takes a large portion of his powers away because there is nothing he would need armor for other than a battle with Doomsday or, or some other alien threat that he, his skin isn't prepared for.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Matt Idelson at Comic-Con said, it's possible for Superman to be hurt and thus he needs armor. Now, we don't, we don't know how much he's invincible or how far his invincibility uh, stems. Uh, we don't know how, how, what it will take to hurt him, uh, you know. Um, back in the golden age, you know, nothing less than a, a burst a shell, shell burst, or a bomb, or whatever would, you know, would um, would could harm him. So, um, but what I was interested was that Grant Morrison noted that Superman's cape is the one thing he has from Krypton. Um, maybe it's the blankets he was wrapped in. I don't know, but um, the 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 cape is the only thing that's Kryptonian from. Uh, from his uniform, which is interesting. And and it, it's almost kind of cute <laughs> that he has his safety blanket uh stay with him his whole life.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and again, that's something else I've heard other people say, you know, oh, so he's baby Superman. So so we, we go from a character who can say, my mother made it for me, to a character who can say, I wear my baby blanket around my neck as a cape. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's a little oversimplification, but I get yeah. what they're saying. Um, it is kind of like it, like you said, a security blanket or something that he's wearing. But on the other hand, we go back to that 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 regal look or that royal look. The idea that uh, if you look at the the Christopher Reeve origin story in 1978, the the movie. Those blankets that he was in did look like they could have been used to make a suit. They never went that way in the no. story. They never talked about who made the suit or where it came from. He just had it. Yep. But they were kind of satiny. They were kind of. They yep. weren't like a thick uh, cotton blanket or or a you know a woolen thing. Heavy. Uh, but, you know. Right. So I could see something like that being a cape. Um. That kind of a material. So. So yeah. If if the if if the blanket is something like that. I could see someone saying, "Well, I could use this as part, I could, you know, use it as part of my costume." Not so much. Yeah. Well, I'm comfortable because it's my baby blanket, and I need to be connected to when I was a baby, <laughs> necessarily. But everybody's gonna—I mean, people are always gonna say things and yeah.
0: Now and, we have
1: try to be funny, and
0: we have to reiterate that we're only guessing how the armor and why he needs the armor and the cape and why where it came from, and we, you know, it's all guesswork at this point in time. We will be finding out for sure when superman and action comics number 1 are released in september until then we're just speculating and uh you know we don't know how it's going to work out we don't know how it's going to pan out but it's got people talking and that's the whole idea and i think that's a good thing and you know same with superboy and supergirl and teen titans and the justice league comic books who are all being relaunched you know there's a lot of discussion going on about supergirl's uniform and you know why she needs that particular look and why does she have holes in the knees of the boots and, (laughs) um, you know, and Superboy looks like Tron and, um, you know, and so there's a lot of discussion and there's a lot of people guessing and speculating why the costumes look the way they do and why is the character in that particular way and, you know, it's just, you know, hold on, wait and see, read the comic books and we'll find out.
1: I think that's one of the things that they do. I mean don't they do that with movies and TV shows? They kind of give you a little tease that makes you say, oh, well, I got to pick that up to find out what it's all about. Uh, some people are taking it to the extreme and saying, well, I'm never going to pick that up to find out what it's about because I think it's stupid and I don't want to read it and it's dumb and it's not my Superboy and it's not my Supergirl and it's not my Superman. So I'm taking my football and I'm going home and you guys <laughs> can't play with me. And other people are saying, well, I'm not sure. I don't really like it, but I'll take a look and see what happens. And some people are really excited. Some people are saying I like everything about it. I think either way is, is kind of to the extreme on one side or the other because we don't know yet. Um, But, yeah, I I think that uh, the only way to know what these pictures mean, what these out-of-context shots mean, I mean, that Tron Superboy picture looks like a conceptualization drawing. It doesn't look like a finished piece of work. It doesn't look like it's actually coming out of a comic book. So who knows exactly what that is? I mean, if you look at the Teen Titans book, which I think is taking place five years later after action and in the current time – uh, Superboy doesn't look all that much different than he looks now. He has the T-shirt with the S symbol on it. He has a pair of jeans, and he has a little thing that might be a cape and a tattoo. But other than that, it's pretty much the same design that it's always been. I think maybe this Tron thing is part of his
2: um, cloning
1: time yeah. part. Yeah, I mean, with what he's what he's wearing to harness the powers of the sun, something. But but again, we have to redefine that out. Exactly. And, uh, I don't really think that's a problem.
0: Now, actually, you mentioned about Teen Titans and where it fits in with the Superboy comic book and whether or not it's like the Superman and action comics being five years apart. Uh, Scott Lobdell, I don't know how you pronounce it, L-O-B-D-E-L-L, I don't know if the B is silent or not, but uh, Scott has come out and said that he's kind of sees it as a Teen Titans and Superboy as a bi-weekly title, um, and at least for the first few months anyway, and that you, you can pick them up separately and you won't have to know anything about them but uh they, you know, do have they are, will be a part of each other and um you know, so it's interesting to hear uh him say that because uh he says uh for the first few months as you put down one book and pick up the next we'll be establishing a sort of mini world for the reader. So um I guess they'll be at the same point in time.
1: Well what I'm thinking is that the action comics relaunch is is superman's early days before there are a lot of other heroes and he's they're going to reintroduce him as the first hero exactly the one people emulate and then five years later superman is in his full armor costume and 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 it's it launches with justice league or whatever around that same period of time i'm thinking that superboy supergirl teen titans all are set five years beyond where action comics is oh yeah and because it only makes sense because superboy has to come about because he's a clone of Superman. And that's right. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have cloned him before Superman was even known. Yeah, definitely.
0: Action Comics is the one that's set previous to everything else. Action Comics is five years earlier than uh, than Superman, and we assume that Superman, Supergirl, Superboy, Teen Titans are all in the same timeline, um, but we don't know that for sure. And again, that's just guesswork. So, uh, but Action Comics is definitely set in a previous time space to uh, to the Superman title five years earlier we believe so uh, yeah a lot of information there to digest in regards to the relaunch of the DC Comics uh, we're looking forward to it Scotty and I um, Absolutely. but uh, there are still comic books currently being published um, and the you know the grounded story is coming to a f- conclusion uh, in the next and l- and last final issue of the current Superman run uh, we've got um, action comics taking place and we've got what I've really been enjoying is the Superman Batman three issue uh, story um, titled The Secret um, which with um, you know somebody from Gotham the Gotham Gazette finding out that Batman and Bruce Wayne were one and the same and then that guy turns up dead before he gets to publish his story and Clark goes to Gotham to investigate the whole scenario and, um, you know, finds out that uh, Batman's not as um, infallible as uh, a lot of people make out he is.
1: Well, clearly what is happening here is we're finding out that Batman is a murderer.
0: Well, we don't know who <laughs> murdered this guy, do we?
1: <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, that was a little joke, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I would hope that we're not going to find out that he did kill this guy. But, um uh, it seems like Clark Kent has some doubts, uh, doesn't know how much he can trust his fairly new friend. I think uh, they're, they're, they're new uh, co-patriots or whatever. They, they've they only been working together or worked together a short amount of time and uh, finding out that he's pilfering funds from his own company, even even though he feels like it was necessary and uh, is still something that obviously Clark wouldn't approve of, uh, although in the new relaunch they're saying he's going to break rules and things uh, in order to get done what needs to get done but the current superman follows things to the letter so when he hears that batman has done some some shady things uh i think it it hurts the trust factor a bit and now he's not sure what to think and it's an interesting story
0: yeah definitely and uh it's been reviewed pretty kindly by michael bailey who's actually loving it and says it's probably the best superman batman story he's read in quite some time and um you know these stories do matter you know because they're enjoyable and that's the whole idea that's why comic books and any story matters uh, any movie comic book novel whatever you read it matters because you enjoy it and not everything's about continuity
1: right right and i think one of the things that i I've, I've enjoyed and uh, hopefully i will continue to enjoy as they relaunch superboy is this current relaunch of Superboy I mean it's only nine issues in so they've only just started Superboy and I was a little bit upset when they went and did the whole Reign of Doomsday thing because it it took me out of a story that i was in yeah. with the the creepy farmers and the and the weird plant and that the they found man. in one of the you know and i kind of i was enjoying that and i wanted to see where it was going to go and we're back into that now and i'm very happy that we're back on track and and kind of they do these little stunts where they cross over different books because yeah. they want to try to get readers to buy various incarnations of different books they don't normally buy but it it hurts sometimes the storyline that you're in the middle of because it it was kind. Of, it didn't say to be continued, but it was kind of a a to be continued situation. And then they went off and did Doomsday, and and now we're back in the middle of that story. And I'm enjoying it. I I, I like the uh, the creepy. You know, they went underground and they see the Hollow Men down there, and I, I I I like it. And I like where they've gone with Superboy. I like that he's with Martha, and I like that he's kind of learning the way Clark did. And, and that's going to be interesting since the Kents aren't going to be alive who's going to be there for Superboy you know in the new launch mm. but uh, so that'll be for me that'll be something that's missing but uh, again we're all going to have to see and and, and I'm excited uh, to see where it's going to go I yeah. like mysteries and this whole thing is kind of a mystery what are they going to do what is going to happen <laughs> it's neat
0: yeah well uh, in August we'll actually see uh, two Superboy um, issues uh, printed I believe for to finish up this Hollow Man story um, and um, we haven't spoken about Action Comics because uh, the Action Comics 903 issue actually comes out on the day that we release this podcast. So we haven't had a chance to read it. Uh, we did speak about 902 in our last in our previous podcast. So there hasn't been a new issue of Action Comics since we recorded um, the podcast last. And um, now we did have Superman 713, which did come out. Since the last podcast and that was where uh, Superman um, meets up with, uh, will tell Superboy and Supergirl that, um, you know, he's no longer going to be, you know, going to be Superman anymore and just becomes Clark Kent and decides that he'll just do like he used to do and, you know, help people in secret.
1: Well clearly there's something wrong with Superman. I think <laughs> I think I think anybody that's reading this and I know a lot of people dropped off, I know a lot of people had problems with it from the beginning. Uh I think it's clear now for sure if it wasn't before that uh he's not himself. That that something's going on and it's it probably has to do with this teacher that now seems to have Lois uh captured a hostage yeah. And I feel like we're finally getting so this this book, 13 issues in, when we're one episode away, finally has us getting somewhere. Yeah, uh, we're hearing a little bit more about it. We we now now if it wasn't before, it is entirely and completely clear that that Superman is having some kind of an issue and that he's not himself because he would never say or believe the things that he is saying and believing in this particular. Issue, yeah. I thought it was interesting
0: that they had this everyman Superman fan kid, you know, showing Superman through the streets and and you know, getting opinions from all different types of people from different walks of life, you know, single, married, family, um, and getting them getting their opinion of Superman and and what they think of Superman. And, um, yeah, it was interesting. To hear those different different opinions, but like you said, there's obviously something wrong with him because the fact that he rebukes these ideas and 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 just kind of shrugs them off as inconsequential, and um, and uh, you know only really gets into reacts you know, when he notices that Lois is being held hostage, and um, I'm a bit put out by the fact that we just really, you know, in one comic. It's, you know, the Superman-Lois Lane relationship has been kind of fixed, and then you go back to Action Comics Mm. in Superman, and then he, you know, is still, you know, they're still kind of not talking to each other. So there's a bit of an issue there in in regards to editing and, um, you know, fixing up timelines and and things like that.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that that's one of the things that I'm most looking forward to with the relaunch. I'm I'm really hoping that they get back yeah, get back to that where uh, you're not confused when you read one book from the next. You know, I'm kind of a guy who, before I started doing this podcast, I would wait until three or four or five issue arcs were complete before I even started reading them so yeah. that I wouldn't get crossed over and not know where I was and kind of be in the middle of one story and say, did this happen here? Or did this happen there? Or yeah. where am I? Um, now I kind of have to try and be up on every book as it comes out and and, and and with them being this way, they don't even have the relationships straight. And I, I kind of hope that we get back into that. I mean I know pe- some people are advocates of the numbers and the little diamonds on the front because they're all connected that way. And, and they I think they really only did that right back in the 90s where things really did flow smoothly and all the writers were on board and they all knew where things were going and they were all connected. And if they're not going to do that, they at least need to come out at the same come out in the same time period uh, where of the story. We can't have a Reign of Doomsday going on in the middle of a Superboy story that's already happening. We can't, because it doesn't make sense. We can't have Supergirl in, in, in black and going back to her dark Supergirl roots. Meanwhile, in her own book, she's in her normal costume. Yeah. We can't have Lois and Supergirl hanging out while Lois is following Superman on this grounded mission and everything's messed up and in turmoil, and yet in Supergirl, she's kind of acting goofy and silly, like there's no problem, because yeah. it all it all kind of the way it fits together is just all haphazard, and you don't you because you want to read it and go, why is Lois being silly? I mean, isn't thing aren't things kind of messed up, and and shouldn't she be more worried and more serious? But then you go, oh no, this is somewhere else in continuity, and we don't <laughs> even know where it's at. Exactly. Uh, the other thing I want to mention about Supergirl sixty five. <laughs> At the bottom of page 10, Lois, I don't know what she is, but she looks like some kind of a creature or an alien. or <laughs> It's really, really bad. Uh, so take a look at that. But uh, it took me right – I was reading it, and I'm like, whoa, gosh, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I think it's a person. I think it's Lois. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, there's been a few uh, few weird art um, uh, runs of light. Uh, some of the books – have really messed up artwork, and um others have some really great artwork and you just kind of wonder whether or not the editing teams are dropping the ball a little bit in these last couple of issues before the relaunch because they're just not paying attention or whether or not they're just you know getting a bit slack i don't know it's uh some of the some of the editing choices in these last couple of months have been a bit uh bit dubious.
1: Well, another thing along that same line, and, and I was I was under the impression that with this new relaunch, they really were going to try and keep things straight and they were going to try and have the books out on time and they were going to have the same artist work on the book as it went on. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking at some of the pictures that came out of Comic-Con, the, the artwork from a lot of the Superman family books. There are two pictures. One is from page four, I think, of Superman and one is from page 14. And if you look at page four... It looks one way and if you look at page 14, it looks another way. So it almost looks like already this early in the run, there must be two different sets of artists working on that book because Superman doesn't look the same on page four as he looks on page 14 and the people don't look the same as they look on one page to the next. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if somehow the artist just has completely different styles on different pages, but... It looks almost like they're still doing what they've done for a long time now, and and have you know pages one through thirteen by one artist and fourteen through twenty two by another artist, yeah. and that's a very that's a very disconcerting, knowing that they've announced that this whole relaunch is going to clear things up and that they're going to try and keep it more even.
0: Well, looking at the solicitation information for September and October issues one and then issues two, um, the same. Artists uh, on board, say with Action Comics, we've got art by Rags Morales and Rick Bryant, which is the same for Action Comics number one and Action Comics number two. They're both the same artists there. Then with Superman, you've got breakdowns and cover by George Perez and art by Jesus Marino, which is the same information from, from issue one to issue two. So whether or not George Perez has broken down or done the, the art more on one page and left uh, Hazes to do the art um, more clearly on another page. I don't know. Um, it's interesting when you have multiple artists on one comic book. Just how much you know each page. You know what? How much definition they put into one page, say, compared to another.
1: I personally, think that, and I know artists have their own styles, but I, I really think that each artist should still have a draft that they work from. That is the current look of whatever character they're working on right now. Like Supergirl sometimes looks 9, sometimes looks 18, at other times looks 40. And the costume changes. For instance, in the most recent Superman where Supergirl and Superboy come and confront him, she has blue shorts on underneath her red skirt, which I have never seen before. And Supergirl in the Supergirl book has a blue skirt. And no blue shorts underneath. So I don't know who's drawing that or what that look is, but if you look at it, Supergirl doesn't wear a red skirt nowadays. And the red skirt never, that I know of had blue shorts that came down to almost the knee, which they do in that book. And again, that may be a a different artist saying, well, I think it would look good if I did this. But but again, that doesn't work in keeping things clean and and continuous and the same character from one book to another.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, you know, let's hope that the relaunch that they do try to keep things as as straight as they can. Obviously, um, and we've heard Dan Didio say that you know their their priority is getting books out on time. If that means having to have a fill-in artist to finish off a book because they need to get it out on time, then so be it. Uh, let's just hope that they can pick artists who are you know consistent with the style of that book. Uh, to help finish off those uh, pages that uh, are needed to get the book out on time. Because I think that's more important. It, you know, we need books out on time more than anything else, you know. The gone are the days when, you know, a pet artist got to have six months in between issues because he was just slow, you know. We, we can't have that anymore.
1: Well, they should have, even if they have fill-in artists, they should have, they should, each title... Should have a set of artists that matches with the other set of artists, so that so that
0: have to match styles. You know,
1: when you turn the page, you don't get you don't get thrown off by how different the characters look. Yeah, and I'm just looking at this Supergirl again, and on the cover she has her blue skirt on and looks like the current look, and when you get into the book, she has this weird red skirt-looking shorts (laughs) thing combination, and I don't I don't even know what that is. I've never I have not seen that ever. Um, so so i don't know i don't and and i don't know how you can from the And i know the covers are usually drawn by someone else but i don't know how you can go from the cover being in her current costume to the inside of the book where where you know on page four or whatever this page is i'm on you see her from behind and you see these blue shorts coming down to to the middle of her thigh leading up to a red skirt which she doesn't even wear <laughs> uh, so i, I don't <laughs> i don't know it's that, another
0: that's, mystery
1: one of the oddest things I've seen, but yeah.
0: All right, well, uh, getting away from our comics discussion, um, with TV, there's not much going on these days because there's no more Smallville, and then the CW has is, is stopped showing reruns. Um, we do know that Smallville Season 10, and in fact Smallville the Complete Series, will be released out in November, um, so there's a bit of a wait, and obviously that's more you know in line with buying Christmas gifts and what have you. Um, so, uh, no more Smallville on TV, uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, as far as reruns are concerned, and obviously the show's ended, so, um, by the next... way,
1: when's the, uh, when's the series finale for that? Is that next season or uh,
0: do we? <laughs> don't, we'll get, we'll get emails, people saying, what, is there a season 11? Believe uh, me there, yeah, don't say that. Sorry,
1: did I miss something? I'm not.
0: Yeah, you did. Uh, no. I don't know where Damn. your where your head's at but um yeah Smallville is finished. Okay. Finished. Yes. Oh no. Not um,
1: finished. I hate to hear that.
0: Yeah, uh, but uh Young Justice um Cartoon Network still haven't finished scheduled... canceled over. No, it's not it's uh it's still oh. going. But uh oh, good. Cartoon Network haven't scheduled any new episodes for the next month. I believe we will see new episodes in the summer which means I guess your September, October.
1: Is that uh, new episodes in your summer, in Australian summer? No, no, no.
0: That would be another, that would be not until November. So December. We're in
1: summer right now. Uh, Our September, October is, well, September, summer ends in September. So at the end of September, we're into fall.
0: Okay. Well, then we'll probably see new episodes in summer, uh, in September, sorry. Um, Because, yeah, you're in your summer now, aren't you? Uh, yes yeah, and as everyone here.
1: knows i absolutely despise the young justice tv show oh so. yeah you
0: hate it yeah as much absolutely. as you love smallville
1: <laughs> <laughs> for me i cannot wait until those episodes come out i just again i can't say enough how i think they're doing a great job i mean if i if i liked these characters as much as i like the the justice league characters it would be perfect and spot on because I think that the animation is better. I think the storytelling is better. I think we're in a different direction now. I think it looks so much crisper and cleaner than uh than Justice League or the Superman animated show. It just looks you know it 's still a cartoon, but it looks they look more real it's just it's just great
0: yeah now uh we do they are showing reruns of Young Justice still and it has moved to a new time slot of um what is it now, Fridays at 6.30 or something like that? Um, yeah, so, that sounds right. Yeah, so um, be on the lookout for rerun episodes of Young Justice. But Targets, the new, uh, the unseen, or the episode that we haven't yet seen, I believe you can find it on YouTube, but Cartoon uh, Network did have it on their website for a period of time. But the next new episode is called Targets, and I'm hearing that we'll see it in September. So... Um, stay tuned to the Superman homepage uh, for our Superman on TV weekly column, and we will inform you as soon as we know when it's been scheduled to air on Cartoon Network. But um, that's it. that's all there. That's a, that's all there is for for TV discussion. There is one thing I did want to touch on before we move into the big questions segment, and that is the fact that out of Comic Con we heard that there will be a whole slew of new animated movies, and that Superman will in fact be quite involved in, in in some of those and actually be the the, um, the key character in it's quite a exciting. few of them. Uh, we've got we've the previously announced Justice League Doom, which is influenced and loosely based on the JLA Tower of Babel story, uh, which was written by Mark Wade and Howard Porter. Um, and that's the next Justice League uh, animated movie coming out. And then next year we'll see uh, Superman in the... Well, what's, what Bruce Timm described as Superman vs. the Elite, which uh, is the action comic 775 uh, story by Joe Kelly, quote, titled What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way. Now, I'm re- really looking forward to this one because that was a comic book that really stood out for a lot of people and was very well received. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And the fact that it's only one issue uh, means that they can really put everything into this animated film because where, say, the death of Superman or All-Star Superman was a whole series of books, and they obviously had to keep some stuff out and not be able to include everything. This is one issue that they're making an animated film about, so you would think that they'd be able to fit in as much of the comic book story uh, as possible.
1: Well, I didn't know it at the time of reading it, but uh, in, in researching it now to find out more about it for when it comes out, I remember reading it. And I'm, and I'm finding out now that it was a response to a lot of the other comic book companies yeah. making superheroes that were very violent yep. and would hurt people and kill people and, and, and that that was their brand of justice and that that was acceptable and that people were really liking it and, and, and uh, something that we still hear about Superman. He's too much of a Boy Scout. He yeah. lets too many people live. It's his fault these people come back and kill again. Um, Another uh, just an example of, and the whole the whole story title. What's so funny about "Truth, Justice, the American Way" is kind of a take on people making fun of Superman for being such a such a good guy when it's much more popular to just do the easy thing and kill and and cause a lot of damage and not really take into account what you're causing or 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 who you're hurting.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's why I think this that story was so well received. And now the other one that Superman will be involved in 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 a smaller capacity obviously is a two-part feature film based on frank miller's batman the dark knight returns which obviously features an intense battle between superman and batman uh, which is not necessarily uh one that paints superman in a very good light but um it obviously involves superman which is why we mention it
1: yeah um i uh i I'm a little disappointed that two out of the three uh, Superman movies have uh, Batman again being the the, <laughs> the all-knowing, uh, all great uh, best hero, and able to take out the entire Justice League in one, and Superman once again in the other, and of course with King with uh, the Batman one, uh, Superman is kind of the villain, and I you know that's not something I ever like to see.
0: But, yeah, the government uh, patsy.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but uh, so these are the animated films that uh, they were announced at Comic Con, and um, out of all out of those three, I'm definitely looking forward to the Superman versus the Elite, which uh, we spoke about. So uh, no release dates have been announced for those, but um, we'll keep you uh, updated on all the details as they come about.
1: It's cool, and I'll mention again. I think it's awesome that they're doing these PG thirteen features. I think it's great that they're just they're ongoing, and we're getting two and three and four a year. And I just I, I hope it keeps going. I hope they sell well. I hope you go out and buy them so that we can keep seeing more and more of them. But I did want to mention before we move out of animation that on Batman the Brave and the Bold. There was what I believe is a Superman reference. Check it out for yourselves. It's in the one night of the Batman where uh, Batman's friends all dress up like Batman and go try to patrol Gotham because (laughs) Batman's been injured. And at one point, uh, Captain Marvel is dressed as Batman and he takes out two really strong guys that maybe Batman wouldn't have been able to or at least that's the implication. And he says, oh, I've been um, working out and he does the pumping of iron that I believe is an homage to Christopher Reeve doing it in the Superman 2 film. So just, you know, check that out and, and, and know that at least I think it's a Superman reference.
0: Very cool. All right, let's move into the big question segment.
2: Let's start with the big question.
0: All right.
1: Last month's uh, big question was, what are your thoughts on the relaunch of the DC Universe
0: comic books? Yeah, we got a, quite a few responses to this, um, more than we received. We in, in, yeah, well, more than we received in quite a while. So, uh, our first response was an audio answer from Jeff uh, Chilts.
2: Yay, uh, <laughs> an audio answer! I so,
0: love it. Yeah, let's hear what his comments were.
2: Hey, Stephen Scotty, this is Jeff in Chicago, and I wanted to pass along my thoughts on this month's big question in regards to the DC Universe reboot and Superman and how it affects the characters and the storyline. I'm concerned, and I, you know, still have concerns about what they're going to do with a lot of this great mythology that's been built up, especially in the second series. You know, since John Byrne rebooted it, which I think is one of the best reboots in comics ever. But I think also it's lost its way at this point. Um, I think that the character is back to having things like super breath and super intelligence and giant robots and all kinds of other things. And I think, you know, with the storylines we've had, like grounded, which is in my mind very boring. Uh, it's very cliché-driven. It it's just shows that people feel like in this, in this universe where he's at now, the Superman character's kind of tapped out on ideas. Maybe that's not true, and maybe it's just the writers we have, but for whatever reason, it's time for a fresh start, I think. So I'm actually looking forward to the reboot. I think it gives us a chance to get back to that storytelling that made uh, these books so um, compelling in the first place.
0: Well, thanks, Jeff. Uh, some interesting ideas and thoughts there. Uh, next up, we have Starla Bose, who wrote, "I think it's really awesome that I get to have a Superman, Supergirl, and Action Comics number one. Me and my daddy have read together scans of old comics from the past. We have read Superman number one and Action number one. My dad also had the Superman number one from I think the 1970s, Well, all that was before I existed. But now I get a Superman number one. I think it's neat. This will be a new Superman that I can grow up with."
1: Calvin wrote, I feel relaunches should be banned. (laughs) They basically say, we're glad you read our comics for the last 20 years, but forget it all because it never happened. It reminds me of the TV show Dallas. Bobby Ewing died at the end of season, uh, one season, and the next season everyone's sad he's dead. And at the end of the season, they have a teaser showing him in the shower. And then in the next season, they tell us to forget the last season because it was a dream. I miss the multiple Earths. It incorporates everything that happened
2: before.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, obviously Calvin is not in the same boat as his daughter Starla, who's excited about (laughs) it. But, um, you know, just because you enjoyed stories from 20 years or the last 20 years doesn't mean they never happen. They happen in in your life, and so you can enjoy them for what they were.
1: And it's a new time now, and what DC is at least going for is the younger audience and trying to get a new generation of readers. And it sounds like at least for... uh, uh, for Calvin's daughter, uh, that it's working.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it happened to everyone in 1986 who were reading the Silver Age, you know, Modern Age comics or whatever they, the Bronze Age, whatever they referenced to now. Uh, and uh, you know, John Byrne came along and did the Man of Steel series, um, which uh, started what well, a relaunch, which is basically what we're doing now in 2011. Right. Uh, next up was David Riley, who wrote. I guess my objection to the reboot is more to do with Superman side of things. First of these objections has to do with the costume. I think it's really lame to change such an iconic iconic part of the Superman mythos. Everyone recognizes Superman's costume. With this new one, it could be Superboy wearing it. The average man on the street couldn't tell who it is wearing it. As for splitting up Superman and Lois, well, that couple is probably as famous as Romeo and Juliet. Well, you know, I mean, as I said earlier, you know, Superman and Lois haven't been married for the majority of Superman's history, so um, and who's to say that they won't get married again in the in the future and years to come? So I think
1: people are a little bit upset just because it's bit it really has been such a short time, and why they feel like why go back to something that has been I don't know sixty out of seventy five years when it's only been such a short time that they've been married. But on the realistic side of things, if we're retelling Superman's origin from the beginning then he wouldn't have met Lois yet. Yeah. He wouldn't be married to her yet. So we, we get to experience that again, however yeah. that goes. And I think
0: it's a bit sensationalistic to say they're splitting them up or they're divorcing them because it's, you know, it's starting from scratch. They're not splitting up. They're just, it's starting back to the days when before they knew each other.
1: Right, And the costume, uh, I think that people will recognize that it's Superman. It's not that drastic a change. The only thing really – I mean it's armor, but it's still the same colors. It's still the same look. The only thing really that has changed is the briefs. So so I think we'll be all right there too. Who's next? Uh, Alex wrote, I believe the DC revamp is much needed, especially in the Superman titles. Wow, we go back and forth on these. Uh, We have one that really likes it and one – uh, Alex continues, Morrison on action sounds very exciting based on Morrison's JLA and All-Star Superman, though I am less optimistic for the Supergirl revamp. I know many people are upset the original numbering may be lost, but if it means it means nothing if the number of readers continues to dwindle. Hopefully this streamlined continuity and digital publication, along with cross-media promotion, helps.
0: Yeah, well, good thoughts there from Alex. Uh, Brad Wooldridge wrote... Well, I was immediately opposed to DC's relaunch and the change in Superman's costume. Nothing seemed right about any of it, and I was going to have no part of it. Of course, since I hadn't picked up a new comic book in over three years, I had no right to complain, but there are few as righteously indignant as itinerant fanboys." However, after listening to the opinions of various Superman and or DCU fans out there in internet land and in the real world, I had to take a step back and re-contemplate my feelings about the relaunch. If this relaunch brings new fans to Superman and DC Comics or reignites fans like me that stepped away, then it is ultimately a good thing and Superman's new duds have grown on me. It's not classic Superman, but if his new looks stick around for a decade or so, they will become classic. Let's just hope these new comics feature entertaining enough stories to keep us coming back month after month, because otherwise, what's the point?
1: Well, I agree with a lot of those sentiments there.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, it's about the stories, and let's hope they're good stories.
1: Absolutely. Hector wrote, hey guys, I think it's a good idea that they're making Action Comics 1 again because there are so few left out there and a young man like myself hasn't read it yet and I'm looking forward to the reboot to come out and many other issues so that one day I can have something to show my kids. Keep up the good
0: work. Yeah, well, I somehow doubt that this Action Comics number one will have the same worth <laughs> as the no, yeah. previous.
1: Uh, I agree with you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, Unfortunately.
0: Yeah, otherwise I'll be buying a hundred of them. Uh, William Watson wrote, I hope the relaunch is successful. With little info on what actually is going to happen, I think people are being overly pessimistic. With With all the uncertainty about Superman right now, it's understandable, but I think with Grant Morrison writing, we are bound to get a good story to kick it off. I'm less enthusiastic about digital comics, but I'm glad it will expose new readers to Superman. They just need a browser that makes scrolling and zooming unnecessary.
1: Yeah, I've been saying that. That's one of my issues. Uh, I don't know how it works with the iPad or with an actual tablet. Maybe there's enough room. Maybe the screen's big enough. But, yeah, if, if I feel like if you have to zoom and scroll to look at each panel, that's that's really a different experience, and it's it's kind of annoying and cumbersome.
0: Yeah, well, I was interested to hear from Comic-Con also the, the idea that I reckon that digital comics should have sound, which uh, could add a whole new aspect to it. So uh, let's see where digital comics head in the next few years.
1: It's a neat idea I was actually talking about with Neil Bailey a few – maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago. I was speaking about possibly uh, presenting that to the comic book companies, maybe doing one and actually uh, sending it into them and seeing what they thought of it and – Uh, The general consensus I was getting was that it's not something they'd be interested in. The whole idea is you're supposed to read them and see them. It's not supposed to be about sound and I didn't do it and now it looks like they're going to take my idea and do it themselves. (laughs) So, oh well. Uh, Next up is Samuel Moon who wrote, I think the relaunch is brilliant. As a new reader, I have had some trouble jumping into current comics. I have stuck mostly with post-crisis era comics. I do get current comics but sometimes I feel lost. I will definitely be checking out each of the new number one issues to see which series grabs my attention the most. I have a decent knowledge of most of DC's top tier characters but this relaunch gives me a chance to jump in head first from a new beginning. Even if it's not a full reboot, also I will be getting them digitally. I have an Android phone and netbook and love having my comics with me at all times. Comixology allows you to buy comics once and read them on all your devices from phones to tablets to computers. I currently have tons of digital comics and store them all on an external hard drive or sd cards the only hard copies i have are trades although i may get rid of them if they are offered digitally
0: well there's uh, one person who's definitely jumping on the digital bandwagon uh next we have bob moorhead who wrote ah yes the relaunch i'm mortified frankly there have been relaunches in the past along with costume changes it's not the idea of of the redo or the ugly costume that has me worried it's the other things i've been hearing particularly the possible loss of lois lane I'm sorry if there's no Lois or Jimmy at Daily Planet or cr- Crying Out Loud Krypton like we've been hearing. It won't matter how good the stories might be. They won't be Superman stories. Well, you can relax, Bob, because we definitely know Lois uh, is at the Daily Planet and so is Jimmy and so is Perry. Uh, it just looks like Lois uh, is more of an equal, on equal par with Perry. He's the guy in charge of the newspaper publishing where she's in charge of the digital and TV uh, network of the Daily Planet.
1: At least for now, those characters are still around. Yep. Uh, David Landon wrote, My initial reaction to the news that Superman would rebooted for the third time since 2003 was, Oh no, not again. However, Grant Morrison's involvement has given me reason for optimism. I loved his work on DC 1 million and All-Star Superman, and I trust him to do what's right for the character. Hopefully this new status quo will lead to a sustained period of good, solid Superman stories.
0: Well, we can only hope...
1: Man, we can indeed. Uh, I wanted to go back to something Samuel Moon said and that was that he was planning on grabbing uh, each of the new number one issues out of all 52. And I've heard other fans say that too. Some say I'm going to grab the number ones just to have the number ones and then I'm done with DC. And others have said I'm going to grab the number ones to see what what issues I want to get and what comics I want to follow. For me, I mean, I think that sounds fantastic if you can afford it. Yeah. For me, 52 different books, <laughs> I just, they're, they're, I, I would love to look at them all. There's just no way that I could possibly do that.
0: Yeah, the mind boggles at just how you get to fit in uh, 52 comic books in a month. Uh. Uh, but I've seen, I've been to the comic store and I've seen guys come in and, and walk out with a pile, you know, um, as tall as um, oh, a stack of, I don't know. <laughs> but uh <laughs> <laughs> phone books. Yeah, a stack of phone books. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, they, that might be from a couple of months' worth of not having gone in and bought their comics, I don't know. But um, I'll definitely be picking up Superman, Action Comics, Superboy, Supergirl, Teen Titans for the first time, and uh, Justice League.
1: Yeah, I think those will be the ones that I might be buying as well. I might leave off Teen Titans, but, but the Justice League I want to get. Uh, I used to buy Justice League, and then I kind of stopped when mm. Superman stopped being a primary player. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I also, Justice League Dark. I don't even know anything about it, but nah. some of the art that I'm seeing makes me think this could be cool. So, and I don't know if it's another continuity. I don't know if it's another universe where they're just darker versions of themselves or what the deal is, but uh, could be an interesting book as well. There's one called All Star Western. Again, I don't know much about, but I love westerns. Mm-hmm. I love uh, seeing gunslingers in comic books, and I, I think that might be one that I uh, will end up buying as well. Yeah, well, I
0: saw that uh, one panel of the artwork with Justice League Dark and Superman was in it. So uh, yeah. we'll be keeping an eye on any comic book from the whole 52 issues uh, of in the relaunch that Superman appears in, and uh, obviously we'll be letting you know about uh, any incidental appearances by Superman in any of the other uh, non-Superman family titles. But uh, what's our new big question for this month, Scotty?
1: The new big question is, what are your feelings about the Man of Steel movie premiere date being pushed back to June 2013?
0: Yeah, do you think it's a good thing? Do you think, is it a negative thing? Is it, is it Do you think it's because of the script problems? Uh, do you think it's a great idea because will gives them extra time to to make the film better. What are your feelings about the pushback of the premiere date for Man of Steel? Let us know by getting involved in the big questions segment of the show. You can send in an audio answer, just as we heard this month from uh, Jeff Tilch, uh, or you can uh, send in your answer as an email using the big question feedback form, and we will read out those answers as we've done this month. So get involved with the big questions segment of the show.
1: And I want to reiterate, yay for Jeff sitting in an audio segment. Do it, man. Do it. (laughs)
0: Lois
3: has a rough day at the office.
0: Oh, my God. Miss Lane. Mm. Um, Miss Lane. Mm. Lois.
3: (sighs) And things aren't any better at home.
1: about your dog than your niece, who I might add smells like she needed a diaper change an hour ago and is wearing baby high heels. Relax Lois, it's all good. It is not all good. This is not watching the baby. Watching the baby is what we asked you to do. We did not ask you to destroy the apartment with a dog and this is destroying the apartment with a dog.
4: Oh.
3: The pressure gets to Captain Sawyer.
4: Uh, sorry, I didn't recognize you. You look way different than you two on TV. I, uh... Just give me a beer, okay? Uh, yeah. Y- yeah, o- okay.
3: And the House of L attempts to recover. If we were at full power.
5: What do you mean? Too far
3: from the sun? <sighs> no, you ain't that far out. It shouldn't have been bothering you for a long time yet.
5: Then then why would we... Oh,
3: hell. Things go awry in Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, issue 79, on July 27, 2011. Only at PendantAudio.com. Uh-oh, what now? Superman and Supergirl make new friends.
4: you sure?
3: And Metallo tries not to make new enemies. I'd like to order a large cup of all the money in the cash register. Dude, you can't just... Sit on my butt and drink my
5: coffee. I can't, and I will.
3: Tune in to Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton, Episode 51, coming July 27th at PendantAudio.com.
0: Bailey's Bookshelf. Uh, We return to Michael Bailey, who has reached into his archive, onto his shelf, had a look, found a trade paperback, hardcover, or novel of some other kind, and uh, is going to review it for us. So let's just hear what Michael has for us this month.
4: Hey everybody and welcome back to Bailey's Bookshelf, the feature here on Radio KAL where I walk over to my bookcase deep in the recesses of the Fortress of Bailey and pick out another Superman trade hardcover reference book or novel to discuss. And the book I have picked out to discuss this month is one that I hope I haven't picked out in the past, because I am starting to lose track of the books that I have and have not covered. And unfortunately I'm up against the clock this month and did not really get a chance to kind of go through all the other Radio KALs to write down which ones I I have uh, brought to you. Uh, Hopefully, if I have done this one before, I will be doing it in a uh, more entertaining fashion than the first time. The book I have picked out this month is Superman Archives Volume 1, which came out in October 1989. It is a hardcover book with a nice dust jacket. It was originally priced at $39.95 and reprints Superman numbers 1 to 4. Most of these issues, in fact, issues 1 to 3, are all reprints themselves. Uh, For the first three issues of Superman, they either reprinted material from Action Comics or from the comic strips which were running daily in the newspapers at the time. Superman number 1 contains, and all of these titles, I need to add before I go into it, were decided upon after the fact. Um, I don't think any of these stories have an actual title to them in the comic book. But Superman Champion of the Oppressed, Warren San Monte, Superman Battles Death Underground, and Superman Gridiron Hero are from Action Comics numbers 1, 2, 3, and 4. Most of these stories are 13 pages, except the first one, Superman Champion of the Oppressed, which contains five extra pages, which expand upon the story from Action Comics number 1. Uh, if I was going to use a cinematic term, which I'm usually loath to do, but for the, for the sake of expediency, I'll use it here. This is kind of a director's cut, where you get to see the scene setting up. Uh, Clark going to the Daily Planet, he saves a man from a lynching, and we see actually all of the stuff leading up to him going to the governor's uh, house and demanding a pardon for Ele- 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 Evelyn Curry. I can say that name, Evelyn Curry. Uh, Superman number two contains stories from the newspaper strips. You have The Comeback of Larry Trent, which was 16 pages, Superman Champions Universal Peace, which was a whopping 24 pages, and Superman in the Skyscrapers, which was 16 pages in addition to a two page text piece superman number three was half and half two of the stories came from the comic strips and two of the stories came from action comics superman and the runaway another 24 pager and the jewel smugglers were both from the comic strips while the big scoop and the man who sold superman were from action comics number five and six respectively when we get to superman number four we have the first original material to appear in the title it also has two stories featuring a then new villain named Luther. Now, Lex Luther or Luther as he was known at the time, first appeared in Action Comics number 23. So, The Challenge of Luther and Luther's Undersea Cities, City were the second and third appearances of the character. But if you go by the release date from Mike's Amazing World to DC Comics, uh, you would see that Superman number 3 came out a week or so before action comics number twenty three so I, I don't know exactly how it worked because the you know these numbers are are you know from seventy some odd years ago. And it's possible that people got Action Comics number 23 before they got Superman number 4. Whatever the case, chronologically, these are the second and third appearances of Luther, along with the economic enemy and terror in the Truckers' Union. If you would like to hear somebody talking about these stories, you can tune in right here at the Superman homepage and listen to John Wilson's Golden Age Superman. It's a wonderful show. I was actually on episode number 23, actually 22 and 23, but in number 23 we actually discuss in-depth all of the stories from Superman number 4. I must warn you that uh, it is... Not safe for work, as the language is a little more adult than you would normally find here at the Superman homepage. But they are worth a listen. I don't normally like to pimp myself outside of the podcast I'm about to pimp, but I I, I thought it uh, bared mentioning, mainly because John puts out a great show, and you can find it right here at the homepage, so it made sense to mention it. Speaking of podcasts, uh, here at the homepage, Jeffrey Taylor and I host From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast where every week we examine a month or half month at this point in the life of Superman as he appeared from Man of Steel number one in 1986 to Adventures of Superman number 649 in 2006. Those come out every Thursday ish right here at the Superman homepage. And now back to Steven Scott.
0: Thank you, Michael. Now, remember, if you do have an idea for Michael, if there's a trade paperback you would like him to review on Bailey's bookshelf, you can send him an email via michael at supermanhomepage.com.
1: And now it's time for the super secret soundbite. Last month's sound came from the movie Superman Four, The Quest for Peace. Four people guessed it correctly. Who were they, Steve?
0: Yeah, they were John Wader, Brendan Savinsky, Brad Woolridge... And Mike Zamo. Congratulations, yes. guys. Well done. Um, it was not an easy one, but um, those four people managed to guess what the secret soundbite was. Let's see if those same people and more can guess which Superman world, which Superman thing, whatever it might be. Where, where do you think this sound came from? First rule of hunting, super dude. Make the target come to you. Hmm, What do you think, Scotty?
1: Uh, uh That's a tough one, you know. I know <laughs> I, I personally killed myself during Superman Four: The Quest for Peace, so I was unable to guess last week's, yeah. last month's, uh, because you know I was dead at the time that yeah. I was viewing that movie.
0: Well, but, you're, you're looking uh, much better now.
1: Oh, thank you. The yeah. new one, though, you know, it could be anybody's game.
0: Yeah. Well, as as I said, uh, it could be from any part of the Superman world. It could be from a cartoon. Could be from a song. Could be from a movie. Could be from a TV show. Who knows. Um, we're hoping you know because we want you to get involved with the Super Secret Soundbite segment. You can send your entry in using the Super Secret Soundbite entry form, and for each person who guesses it right, their name will be read out in the next Radio KAL podcast.
1: Now it's time for our Superman Song of the Month, which is I'm Lifting Up a Jet Plane by Screech and Biff for their album Country Cousin, recorded in Canada in 2002.
0: Yeah, now is that Country Cousin or Country Cussin? That's true. It could be either of those. It's Mm.
1: C-U-S-S-I-N. You know, I took it as Country Cousin, but Cussin actually fits better, (laughs) I think.
0: Yeah, well, uh, thanks to Crispy Bacon for sending this in. Um, It's a song that that he's wanted us to play for a while. So uh, here it is, I'm Lifting Up a Jet Plane by Screech and Biff
5: planet was about to blow. My dad tried to let everybody know, but no one believed and they thought it wasn't true. Dad kept stiff up a lip. All we needed to do was build a spaceship to get me off back off the planet. I was sent to the to start a new life. Under the name Clark Kent, I reside. But people, after me and gave me everything when they found out about my house they kept it a secret one thing that'll make me weak because you not a son of a freak the gold kind can't even kill me i was sent to earth to start a new life under the name clark and tower's but people know me better as superman Slain. she works for me Oh, she has a heart for my alter ego Attracted to Superman and not me I was sent to Earth to start a new life
0: the show for another month. What did you think of that song?
1: Uh, I love Screeching Biff, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they're on the top of my playlist too. Uh, uh, now, remember... If you've got a suggestion for Scotty and I, maybe there's a topic you think we missed out on discussing. Uh, maybe there's a, a book that you'd like Michael Bailey to review. Maybe there's a song you'd like to play, just like Chris P. Bacon sent to us this month. Uh, maybe there's a suggestion for the big question segment of the show. All these ideas can be sent to us using the KAL feedback form found at the Superman homepage, or you could email me at steve at supermanhomepage.com. You can also email Scotty via scotty at supermanhomepage.com, and we will endeavor to use those suggestions in a future podcast. But for now, that's the show. Thank you, Scotty.
1: Thank you, Steve. And remember, everyone, always, look up in the sky.
0: You've been listening to Radio KL from supermanhomepage.com.